Hello and welcome to the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast, where our sole target is to get you into your first home. Now on to today's topic. Hello and welcome to another episode of the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast. Buying your first home for many people will be the largest financial event of their lifetime. And for most of the first homeowners I work with, they really have no idea of how to bring things together to make it a reality. In fact, for some it's such an overwhelming prospect they never even think about taking the first step. In today's episode, I'm gonna go over the core people you need to use to do the heavy lifting and help you get into your first home. In last week's episode, we discussed raising a deposit to get your first home. Once you think you've got enough deposit, it's time to start bringing your team together. Without any mucking around, I'm gonna jump straight into it. Your life will be massively easier if you start with using a good mortgage broker. Mortgage broker helps you to get the loan and most brokers will have access to 20 or so different lenders, meaning they can find a better loan than what you would doing the shopping around yourself. They'll do all the liaising with the lender, so not having to deal with banks is one massive thing they help with to take the stress off your shoulders. Most of the time they'll do it for free, as the lender they put you through will pay them a commission once the loan is settled. Full disclosure here, I might be a little bit biased because I am a mortgage broker myself, But honestly, um, not many people really trust a bank to look after them these days anyway. So there's no hard sell there from myself the way I see it. The mortgage broker will also be in contact with all related parties and not just the lender. For example, if I have a client who has just signed a contract to purchase their first home and the contract is subject to finance approval, which means if the bank declines the loan, you can get out of the contract without any penalty within a certain time frame, which is generally two weeks. In that case, I will contact both the conveyancer and the real estate agent up front to keep them in the loop. If I think the home loan approval process will take more than two weeks, I'll tell them up front. This way, there's no nasty surprises should that situation arise in two weeks time. This is a very important part because I found over my 12 years in finance that these people can actually put a lot of added pressure unneeded added pressure on you and that can be a heavy burden on your shoulders so a good mortgage broker will keep that pressure off your shoulders with every purchase you'll also need a conveyancer a conveyancer will help you transfer the title into your own name now you might think why wouldn't i just do that myself and the answer is because it gets a little bit more complicated than that as they have to liaise with the relevant legal people and are responsible for lodging the correct paperwork. If any of this gets delayed, then it may delay either the lender or the vendor's solicitor being able to settle on time, which can cost you quite a lot of money if you're late. If you need a good conveyancer, you would ask your mortgage broker to refer you someone. Um, And the reason for that is the mortgage broker has to deal with the conveyancer, so they're gonna pick who they think is the best conveyancer to help you. A building and pest inspector comes in really handy for a couple of different reasons. One of them is they can see structural defects in the building that the average person may not. This is clearly important because you don't want a rude shock of having to fork out more cash after you've purchased the house. The other thing home buyers are unaware of is termites. They don't know how to look for termite damage. And what's worse is the insurance companies don't cover it. 
Um, so getting a building and pest inspection will cover this off. I recently had a client who purchased a property subject to finance and building and pest inspection and that property was actually riddled with termite damage. On the outside it just looked like the place needed a bit of work but on the inside it was crumbling. With that building and pest clause in the contract it allowed my client to back out of the contract without any penalty. If you're buying somewhere that's new, say for example you're buying house and land, it can also be good to have a building inspector give the place a once-over prior to you signing off on the final completion with the builder. You'd be surprised at the amount of errors that can come from a new build. You'd be surprised at the amount of errors that can come from a new build, so a building inspection can be very handy in this case. Another professional you would engage, you could engage, I should say, through the home buying process is a buyer advocate. Now, a buyer advocate will assist you with the home buying process. There are three distinct advantages of using a buyer advocate. One, they save you time. Going out every weekend to look at houses can go from very exciting to exhausting really fast. Two, they deal with real estate agents on your behalf, meaning they search for the right properties and negotiate or bid at auction on your behalf. Three, they may have access to off-the-market properties. These are properties that real estate agents cannot put on the market because the vendors may just want a quick sale or they don't want to make it public that they're selling the property. This sometimes happens when sellers have been there for quite a long time and they don't want the neighbours to know what they've sold for, um, which to me is pretty irrelevant because people can take a good guess at what something's worth these days anyway. So that's why I use a buyer advocate. The only other thing I think I should mention is picking the right builder if you decide you want to build. I won't go into this in great detail because not all of the listeners are going to build, but getting involved with the wrong builder can seriously reduce your life expectancy with the amount of stress involved. But I will raise three quick points with regard to builders. One is quite often you don't know the actual cost. They'll give you a cheap price to get you in and get you in the door and then get you to sign and then they'll try and upsell the variations after you've signed. So sometimes you, you can think the cost is 200 when the actual end cost to build is more like 250. Um, that's quite a common example I get. The second one is, are they gonna build you a decent quality house? Many builders can be impossible to contact once you've completed. And the fact is that it is a large project and there's been many different hands needed to complete it. And things can often require work after you finish the build. You can somewhat mitigate this risk by using a building inspector and this will limit the amount of calls you'll need to make to the builder after they're finished to fix something up. To give you an example of this, I had a client who had a bad experience with a builder just recently. They had a water leak coming out of the ensuite, which was leaking into the adjoining carpet in the bedroom. Now the client called the builder to get this fixed straight away, and it took them it took the builder about a week just to get someone out there to, to see what the problem was. So in that scenario, you don't want stinky, moldy carpet ruining your day in your new house. Number three, builders take their time. I've had clients 
waiting and paying the land loan for a year before the builder even starts the build. Make sure your build is going to start on time. If you want any more information about building, I've created a guide on building your dream home. You can text me on 0448 111046, mentioning the First Homeowner Concierge podcast and providing your email address, and I'll happily send it through. So there it is. Getting into your first home is a major life event. It's big and it's overwhelming, but don't think too much about it. Just get in there and start. Normally at the end, I'd rehash the episode, but what you should actually do is listen to the previous podcast on raising a deposit, and if you think you're in the ballpark, then set up a time to chat with a mortgage broker. Being a mortgage broker myself, you can contact me directly. I may not be able to help you with my services if you're not in Victoria, but I can still help guide you on what you need to do. So please just get in contact. Thanks for listening to another episode of the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast, where my mission is to help you get into your first home. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast. If you've got any questions or you would like to get into your own home or you just want to stalk me online, you can search Will Bell Mortgage Broker on either Google or Facebook.